Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good morning, church. And uh, let me say happy Easter to you, or like I like to say, happy resurrection to you. Uh, it is Easter morning, and uh, I'm delighted to be here and be a part of your uh, Easter with you. I know it's a little different than normal. Uh, we normally gather as a big church family at 9 o'clock and 1030 and uh, just have a tremendous blowout for Easter and uh, celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And it's a little different this year. It's not uh, basically it's not a normal Sunday morning, uh, a normal Easter morning for that matter. Uh, some of you may be uh, curled up in your bed with your kids around you in your pajamas. And if you are, God bless you. And uh, normally you're all dolled up in Easter dresses. And this year we're more dolled up in Easter pajamas. So uh, it's okay. Uh, let's celebrate him anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, some people may feel like, well, man, this virus thing, it, it just, it, I'm kind of tired of the virus. It's taking church away from me. Now it's taking Easter away from me. Um, I don't want you to get upset about the virus taking Easter. The, the virus didn't take away Easter. You can't change Easter. It just made it a little bit different. And so today, uh, just enjoy the presence of the Lord in your home. Uh, this is Easter morning, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is when we celebrate the resurrection. And whether you're doing it sitting in the living room or around the kitchen table finishing breakfast or curled up in bed in your pajamas, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he rose again. He is not here. He is risen. And that's what we celebrate today. And I'm delighted to be here and be a part of that with you. So here's the deal. Today's message is simply titled, He is not done. He is not done. And I want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture. If you have your Bible with you, I want you to uh, turn to the Gospel of John. I want you to look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Um, I'm going to begin in verse 1, and I want you to follow with me. And I want to teach you uh, something in this that you may or may not have ever seen before. Because a lot of people don't even know this um, this part of this story is even in this scripture because it doesn't get highlighted very much. It doesn't get taught about very often. So I want you to see this. Uh, John chapter 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene uh, went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the other one Jesus loved, and said, They taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in, at the stripes of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. 
He saw the, stri- the, strips of, the stripes of linen lying there, and as, he, as, and as well as the burial cloth that he had been wearing around his head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Verse 9 says, They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had, had risen from the dead. So I want you to see some stuff in this story. Number one, I need you to see that, that Peter is just flat slow. Let's just go ahead and get that out on the table because Peter left first and John smoked him and got there. So so Peter can't run. That's one thing we see in Scripture. But what I want you to see in Scripture is I want you to see that the the linen, the napkin, um, the napkin was folded. And that is a big, big deal. Does that have a lot of meaning? It has a tremendous amount of meaning. Is it still powerful today that that was folded? It is still very powerful today that that was folded. So let me teach you some stuff. So Hebrew tradition, every everyone knew this in this setting. It, back in this setting, every Hebrew knew this. This was a Hebrew custom. This was a Hebrew teaching. And everyone knew this. This was... A, this was um, this was the master and the servant. It was a tradition of the master and the servant. So if the master uh, was having dinner, okay, and the servant was serving the master at dinner, then, then there was a simple truth that was always known. Okay, let me show it to you like this. Let's just say that the master was sitting at this spot right here, okay, and he was enjoying dinner. So he takes his napkin and he puts it in his lap. And he's got his plate and everything. Let's say that the master is eating dinner and the master finishes his dinner. And the master may finish his dinner and wipe his mouth and hands. And then he watches his napkin up and puts it in his plate. Now, the custom back then was for the servant. If the master wraps up his napkin or, or wrinkles it up and lays it on top of the plate, this signifies one simple thing. He is finished. Or you can say he's done. Okay. Now, on the other hand, if the master was eating here and the servant was serving the master and he took his napkin and he folded it, unfolded it and put it in his lap and he began to eat his meal. And let's just say there was a moment in the meal where the master got up, but he did not wad up his napkin because he folded it up and he laid it here. And then he got up to go do something. The the servant would never, ever, ever clear the plates in the place setting. Here, wadded up napkin, he's done. You can clear it. But over here, the master is not done. Why? Because he took the linen, the napkin, and he folded it. A folded napkin means I'm not finished. I'm not done. I'm not done. So nowhere nowhere in the Hebrew tradition would this servant of the master remove the place setting from the table if a napkin is folded and set beside. 
Because if the master comes back to the table, which the master is going to do, the master would want to sit back down at that same location with that same food, just like he left it, unwrap that napkin again, put it in his lap and finish his meal. So I want you to see something very important in Scripture. That when they walked into that tomb, yes, Jesus had risen. He was not there. He's gone. But the the napkin, the linen that was covering his face, Jesus had folded it up very neatly and laid it there. He didn't wad it up and throw it where he he was. He didn't place it there and wad it up. If he'd have done that, that would have said, I'm done. But because he folded the napkin up, and laid it there, in that tradition, that meant one thing, that our Lord Jesus Christ is not done. He's not done. And I'm going to say something to you as you sit at home this Easter Sunday. You you may feel like with all the stuff that's going on, that, oh my gosh, where is he? Is he done? Is he finished on all this? He's not done. He's not finished. The napkin is still folded neatly in that spot, in that tomb. He is coming back. He's not done with what he's doing, okay? So we know this, that a wadded up napkin means what? He's finished. He's done. But a folded napkin neatly means what? He's not finished, my friend. He's not done. He's not done. Yes, Easter is different. I'll tell you that. It's different this year. It's absolutely different. Our circumstances are different. You may find yourself in circumstances right now. They're totally different. This is as different as you're ever going to experience America. Drive around today. Drive around. It's weird. It's different. It's awkward. It's uneasy. It, it's You don't even feel like you're in America. It's strange. There's not a lot of people out, and the people that are out are just acting a little bit different, okay? You can't go to Lowe's. You can't go to Home Depot without something being different or funky or weird, and, and it's strange. You don't even recognize where you're at. So our circumstances are different. My wife uh, received the word from the Lord, and we've kind of ran with that with some Easter stuff, and I want to say it to you. Maybe not exactly the way she has printed it, but just I wrote this down. Circumstances can change Easter, but circumstances cannot change Easter. Easter changes circumstances. So this morning, you may feel, man, my circumstances are so different today. It doesn't even feel like Easter. It's so awkward. It's so weird. I'm I'm used to being at church for Easter. I'm used to having all my church family all together, and we just blow the roof off, and we celebrate the empty tomb. We celebrate the resurrection. And then I'm wearing my fancy dress, and all my family looks the same, and I've got all my kids dressed to match. And my husband's all cleaned up and nice, and he's got his matching tie on his jacket and we're all going to take a picture and then we're going to go home and eat a big lunch for Easter. We may have Easter egg hunting in the yard and none of that's going to be the same. It doesn't feel the same. It's different. But I want you to know something. Though your circumstances may be different, the circumstances in which you find yourself does not change Easter. My friend, the tomb is still empty. He is risen. He is risen. And not only is he risen, but that napkin is not wadded up and thrown in there. It's folded, signifying this. He's not done. He's not done. So yes, Easter is different this year. Not going to say it's not. It's different. Okay? But I wonder 
Is it not exactly like God wanted it? Is this Easter going down just like God planned it? He said, well, what do you mean? Why would God want Easter to be like this? Well, can I tell you something? This is not because of the virus. This is because of a virus that God allowed to happen for such a time as this. Maybe, maybe, maybe God didn't want Easter to go down like it always went down. Maybe all the emphasis on the matching suits and ties and jackets and shirts and dresses and looking good for the picture and all the emphasis that are put in that. Maybe God said, you know what? I don't want that to be the emphasis. I'm going to do it a little bit different this year. And the reason I'm going to do it a little bit different is because, number one, I'm God and I can. Number two, I got something to say through it. So God allowed the virus to come for such a time as this. And it, yes, it did interrupt Easter and it did mess up Easter to a certain extent. But I want you to know something. I don't think it messed up Easter. I think it's going down just the way God planned it. You see, there's a lot of emphasis out there right now. And you hear a lot of um, a talk about what, what, what God's doing in this season? What is God trying to, to say to our country? What is he saying to our nation? What is he saying to the world? And there's there's a lot of prophetic things that are out there and that have been out there. And I'm not saying that any of those are wrong and, and out of place or anything like that. I mean, I'm all about people that have the gift of prophecy. I think it's a gorgeous gift and a biblical gift. But, but what I'm saying is, I don't want you to lose focus on what God's really sending and what he's trying to say in this season. He's not saying so much, figure out what I'm saying to the nations. He's not saying with this virus and this interruption or this pause, oh, let's find out what God's saying to the, to, to, to the United States. Let's see what God is saying to, to our state. Let's see what God is saying about government. Let's see what God is saying to Wall Street. Let's see what God's saying to entertainment. Let's see what God's saying to sports. Let's see what God is saying to all these other people. No. I don't want you to know that. I don't even want you to think about that. That's not, that shouldn't even be a concern of yours. God's got that. Okay. What God needs to say, God's going to say. Okay. Or God is saying. What I want you to do is simply this. This is where you find yourself this Easter. This is where Easter is today. You're curled up in your PJs. You're curled up in your house. You're not in worship. You're not like, it's not like normal. We've been on pause for a while. We've been interrupted. Our normal has been disrupted. Well, if our normal, and I've said this before, if our normal was so good and we were doing it so right, then why did God stop it or interrupt it? Maybe it wasn't right. Maybe it wasn't good. Maybe our Easter's needed to be tweaked a little bit. So what I think God is doing here is not trying to say so much to so much of the world and the nation and all that. Yes, he's saying all that. But what God is really saying is he is speaking to individual people. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. And if we lose our focus and put it out there in the world and a nation and the government and the country and sports and entertainment and what he's trying to say to all this stuff, you know what we're going to do? We're going to miss it because he's not trying to speak to everyone so much, but he's speaking to individuals. He's a relational God about a relationship. And so what he's trying to speak is saying what he's wanting to speak and what he's trying to speak is to each one of us to me, to you. Now, if we will hear God as an individual, then individuals who make up the country will hear God. And the individuals that make up the world will hear God. 
And yes, will God move the world and the nation and the government and the country and sports and entertainment in a way? Yes, but he won't move it unless the individuals in those areas hear God. So I believe he is absolutely putting the spotlight on me and you this Easter, me and you. So what would he be saying? What is God trying to say? Well, the focus is on me. So you have to ask this question. What do you want me to see, God? Not what do you want the nation to see, the world to see, the state to see, the church to see, sports to see, entertainment to see. What what do you want me to see? What do you want me to see? Not what you want everybody else to see. Not that I'm looking for everybody else. Now, some people say, well, I know what he needs to see, and I know what she needs to see, and I know what they need to see, and I wish they would see that. What do you need to see? And the only way you're going to do that is if you sit with the one who folded his napkin and is not done. And you say, Lord, you have me in this season right now. A virus has hit our nation and shut it down and stopped it. I am on serious pause right now. I can't do anything. Everything has stopped. It feels weird. But what doesn't feel weird is me and you. So God, I want to sit with you. I want you to give me your eyes. I want to be able to see what you want me to see because I don't want to miss it. Because if we miss what he's trying to show us in this season, we're going to be in trouble after this. So God, what do you want me to see? Secondly, you ask this question. God, what do you want me to hear? Listen, man, there's a lot of voices. Oh, Lord, help, there's a lot of voices. Fox is talking 24-7. CNN's 24-7. Everybody's talking. You got to turn that stuff off eventually, and you got to sit quietly before the Lord. Some of you are like, quiet? My kids have been home for a month. There's no quiet in my house. Well, you're going to have to go say to your kids, dad has been bad, mom has been bad, and we have to go to timeout. Okay, and you go find someplace on a porch or you go find a you go take a walk and and, and stop on your walk. Okay, and sit with the Lord and say, God, I want to hear you. I need to hear what you're trying to say to me because the Holy Spirit is the one speaking right now. He is speaking big time and you're going to have to get still and quiet for you to hear the Holy Spirit. And yes, life is on a pause right now. But are you on a pause? Because some of us are spending all of our pause trying to figure out what God's saying to the world. Some of us in this pause are trying to figure out what God's trying to tell the nation. Some of us in this pause are trying to figure out what we what, what Trump ought to be hearing, what Trump ought to do, and what the government needs to do. Some of you are trying to figure out what God's saying to the church. How about what God's saying to the little church? Not the big church. The little church. What is God saying to you? If, I, if you had to ask yourself, in the last two weeks— of being quarantined in your home. In those two weeks, what is the fresh word God has spoke to you? What's the fresh word? It's God speaking. For some of you right now, that sent chills down your body because you know what? You're saying, I ain't heard God say anything in two weeks. I I hadn't heard him say anything. Well, the reason you haven't heard him say anything is because you haven't asked him to say anything. I guarantee he's got much to say because in, in Scripture, in John, he says, I have much to say to you. So get in a position where you can hear him because he has much to say to you. Quit making this about the nation and the world and, and the church and sports and entertainment and make it about you because that's what it's here for. It's here for us individually. And third is this. What do you want to reveal in me? 
What do you want to reveal in me? Because there's a lot of us who thought, man, I'm this, and this hit. And two, three weeks later, we go, hmm, I wasn't quite where I thought I was. I'm, I'm reacting in ways I didn't think I'd react, or I'm nervous in ways and I didn't know I'd be nervous, or I'm scared in ways, or I'm fearful in ways, and wow, I thought I really trusted God, and oh man, I, I don't really trust God that much at all, and oh my gosh, I would have never introduced myself as a control freak, but oh Lord help, I have become a control freak. Well, maybe the test grade that you got on your test the last couple of weeks, you've not liked. Can I tell you something that I used to do in school? I used to get mad at the teacher. It's not the teacher's fault for my grade. It's my fault. It's kind of like computers. It's always user error most of the time. And it's mine. I got to own that. And so for me, I have had to sit with the Lord and say, God, you're not doing church like you normally do it. So I don't understand what, how, how you're going to continue to sustain the church in the area of giving. Jeff, do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you. Then trust me. I've got the church. It's not for you to figure out. It's not for you to make it happen. It's for you, Jeff, to trust me. So God has had to reveal that to me, that I've got to trust him. I can't make it happen. It's not normal anymore. I've got to trust that he's got the church. So what is he? what does God want you to see? What does God want you to hear? And what is God revealing in you? I want you to look at a scripture. One more scripture with me. This is Revelation. You go to Revelation chapter 21. It's a beautiful word. It says, for he has seated. This is verse five, Revelation 21, five. For he was seated on the throne and he said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Write these words down because they are trustworthy and true. What are these words? The words are, I, Jesus, the King, am making everything new. I'm making everything new. A word that's being used a lot right now is the word reset that God is resetting the nations. God is resetting the world. God is resetting America. God is resetting the church. Reset does not mean that all the things that he was using is bad and he doesn't just throw them all out. All the When you hit reset, you take all the things that you were using and you reset them. If you were coaching and the coach said, we're going to reset what we're doing, team, because what we were doing was not accomplishing or doing the things that we wanted it to do. So he doesn't get rid of all his players. He resets them. He puts them in different positions. He may tweak it a little bit. He may do this differently, but he doesn't chunk it all away. And so what God is trying to say is, I'm speaking to you. I'm doing a new thing. I'm making all things new. I'm not making new things. See, you're not the problem here. 
We're not the problem. Yes, the church is being reset, but the church is not the problem. He's taking the church and maybe setting it different than it was before. So in your life, he says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He has a plan for your life. God loves you. God, God loves everything about you. But listen to me. He stopped our normal and he reset it. That means maybe you need to look at what he's resetting. Does he need to reset your priorities? Does he need to reset what's really first? Maybe you're giving a bunch of money and pouring a bunch of money in an area, a bunch of time in a bunch of area, a bunch of sacrifice in a bunch of area that, that God wasn't pleased with. And maybe what should have been at the top is not at the top. Maybe what was important, you say was important, but really wasn't important. Because our feet say what's important, not our mouth. What we give to is what's really important. Maybe God's resetting that. So a lot of people think, well, if God's resetting it, he's just starting over. He's not starting over necessarily. He's using the same things he had before. He's just resetting what he had. He's redoing it. He's doing a new thing. He's not doing a new thing with new things. He's doing a new thing with the same thing. He's not getting a new you. He's doing a new thing in you. And so, yes, God is resetting us as a nation, as a country, as a church, as a people. But what he's resetting is me. He's resetting. You see, over the time that we've been in this um, pause, uh, sometimes when God resets you, you think you heard God in areas and there were steps that God laid out. And then as you sit in this pause and God does a new thing, you may see, wow, maybe this is not first. Maybe this is second. Maybe this is third. Maybe, maybe I'm supposed to do this, but it's not, it's not what I'm supposed to do first. It's back here a little bit. M Melissa and I have sat together, and we had some things lined out that we thought God had set up in this order. And as we sat with God and he reset that, he took all those same things that we lined up, but he reset the order. I wonder what he's resetting in your life. It's not that what you're doing's wrong, your order's wrong. How about lining up with what God says and not what you say? You can have the right things that God speaks on, but you can have the order wrong, the timing wrong. I've said before, hearing God is not difficult. You can hear God because God says, I want to speak. But the timing of God, that's what separates the men from the boys. That's the rubber that meets the road. So maybe in your life, what does need to be reordered, reset? What needs to be prioritized differently? What is God speaking? What is God saying? What is good in your life? But, but God wants to set it in a different spot. So in this reset that he's doing all things new. Find out what he's doing new, because he's probably taking the same stuff you were doing, but doing a new thing with it, okay? So here's what I want you to see today. The napkin in John 20 and the napkin today still folded. The servant has no business whatsoever taking a folded napkin and clearing the plate, clearing the plates. It's not his position. The servant does what the master uh, 
is supposed, this, the master sets the, the order for the servant, not the servant for the master. So a wadded napkin, he's finished, he's done. But a folded napkin, oh, he's not finished. He's not done. See, let me tell you something, church. He's not done with you either. He's not done with you individually. He's not finished. Some of you are like, well, I, I, I think he's done. No, he's not done. He's not done. He's not finished. He's resetting your order. He's resetting the church. He's resetting you. But he's not done with you. He's doing a new thing. He's not doing a new thing with new things. He's doing a new thing with the same thing. You're still the thing he loves the most. You're still the thing he made. You're still the thing that he chased after for a relationship. He still has a call in your life. He still loves you. He still wants to use you. He still wants to impact the world through you. He still has great things for you. He's not done. The napkin is still folded. So I'm going to give you a really word of encouragement this Easter. It's a different Easter. You find yourself in different circumstances. Maybe fearful, maybe weird, may scare you at times. That can give you a lot of hope. Look at John 20. Read Easter story. Read what went on in the tomb. He's not there. He's risen. Amen. And not only he's risen, but he left his napkin behind. And he didn't leave it wadded up because he's done. He left it folded to assure you and me that he's not done with us. So sit with the Father in this season because he's not done. And ask him, God, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to hear? What are you revealing about me? And God, as you reset me, what are you resetting? I want you to reset me because he wants to do all things new and that includes you. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We thank you. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God is the only one that speaks and teaches today. God, I pray that you would take the word that you have laid out for your church. And God, it will not come back void, but it will accomplish everything you want it to accomplish. And God, your word tells us that that napkin in John chapter 20, verse 7, was folded neatly and lying there. Assurance to all of us that you're not done. And God, your word tells us in Revelation that you're making all things new. And so God, this Easter, we have hope in you that you're not done with us. You're resetting us to be more, more of what you want us to be on the other side of this coronavirus than ever before. God, may we not miss you. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, and we adore you, and we exalt you, and we celebrate the risen King today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.